Hello everybody, this is Brandon Cruz, and this is Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. And with me, we have our very special guest, Patrick Orr. Pat. Good day. Patty Wack. Good day. Give a dog a bone. Back again. Watch out. (laughs) Here he is, back again. Yeah, I think that's a rap song. No. Is that? No. No, I think so. No, that was uh, was an original Star Wars Wars thing I did there. (laughs) That's a that's right. Ah, oh, such a great such a yeah. great movie. Yeah, with the uh, notorious B.I.G. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Uh, Darth Vader. Yeah. Yep. Episode episode nine. Yep. The force <laughs> the force of biggins. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's let back on back on the topic. Back on the track. We don't need to talk about uh, our our soundtrack just yeah. yet. Not Biggie Force Awakens. Uh, we we we've got a good show for you today, um, and we've got one of the more f- one of the more famous Twilight Zone episodes here. Absolutely. Um, and when you think of this episode, you'll think of The Simpsons. You'll think of Family Guy. You'll think of Futurama. Uh, you'll think of so many things in pop culture and this episode, uh, featuring a very special Burgess Meredith. Yes, who also was the Penguin in the original Batman series. He also played Mickey in the, the Rocky series. Yes, um, and uh, uh, a few other things that that you know what imdb.com it's a great place to go yeah he, he was in uh, five five different twilight zone episodes so this being his first yes being his first yes he he's a frequent collaborator yes I, w- I would say absolutely would you say that i would i would agree okay i would, I would agree all I right agree. cool and that's our show we we, we agree <laughs> we're done great work <laughs> um so time enough at last this is the episode we're talking about there's time now. There's time now for this podcast, this episode. Yes. Um, originally aired November 20th, 1959, uh, directed by John Brom. Yes, who also did uh, 12 other episodes of The Twilight Zone, so he was one of the more frequent directors. Heck, heck yeah, heck yeah. He, uh, he he did some, also, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Yep, and, yep. Um, a, a lot of other TV things like Bonanza and, and what have you. Um, and teleplay by rod serling based on a story by lynn venable um, i don't know who that is tell me more <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, that was supposed to go before that last night <laughs> if this was starship troopers that that would apply right uh, right okay do you want to know more <laughs> lynn venable um and it stars of course the late great burgess meredith yes um so what is it with this episode why well, okay. Let, let's do a summary, and then and then, then we'll we'll get into right, what good. makes this episode so great. Um, so, uh, this episode is all about a Henry Bemis. And first of all, let me let me just go ahead and stop and say, God, Serling's character names are always so great. I don't know how he comes up with <laughs> with these character names. I really don't. Like, if you ask me, to just come up with random character names, it would be the most basic of stuff. Uh, John 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 spills. John Spills. John Spills. Uh, Patrick Boxes. Ba- ba- box? Are, are you just looking at things? And, I, I, okay. I, I am. Okay. I am. Okay. And that's the genius. That's that's brilliant. <laughs> Henry Bemis. Henry Bemis. Yeah. Don't know where in the world he came up with that one. But. No. But uh, so Henry, Henry Bemis, he is a guy who loves reading books. He, All he can do is read. Not even books. Like anything that he can read, he will take any amount of time to do that. Right he'll he'll read the buttons on your boobs to see who you voted for he'll read a ketchup bottle at the dinner table so 
Um, so Henry Bemis, uh, he gets he gets belittled by his his boss, belittled by his wife, for but, how much he reads. Belittled by the people that come to to the bank to where he works. Yeah, where he works, just constantly all day. Right. Only, only thing this guy gets. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, so Henry Bemis, he eventually gets to the point where okay, all right, let me. I have to hide out on my lunch breaks in order to read. His wife hides his books. His boss tells him, "Hey, you're gonna get fired if you if you keep reading as much as you do." And uh, so one day on his lunch break, Henry Bemis goes down into the bank vault and locks himself in the bank vault to read the newspaper. Yep. And on the on the front of the newspaper, it alludes to H H bomb H bomb H bomb, uh, which is also a, uh, probably a comic book superhero nowadays. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Beside the point, and boom. Surprise, surprise! What what goes off? Pro- probably an H bomb. I would go. With, I would yeah. go with H bomb. You know, what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with you on that one. Yeah, it <laughs> if, was. If this is multiple choice, I would probably I'd, I'd probably go with H bomb. It was that or the Yosemite <laughs> National Park volcano. One of those two things or went Yos- off. Or Yosemite Sam. Or Yosemite Sam. Yosemite Sam. Yosemite National Park could have been the Kool Aid Man, but <laughs> bursting through. But different, different. An- anachronistic. Yep. But it, it was still in the sh- yeah. it was still in the show. We get it. Um, and so he he wakes up and he gets out of the bank vault and he finds that the world has been demolished by some kind of bomb, some kind of letter bomb. Yes. And so he wanders around the wastelands for a bit and eventually gets to he he find he's about to kill himself, but he sees ooh a spark in the darkness, a library. That's right. He decides, you know what? Finally, this is this is where my life's been leading. He organizes all the books, he sets them all up, and this squeamish Mr. Beam, <laughs> uh, Bemis, right? He does a he does an infomercial, and he breaks his glasses, and he, he exclaims, bumbles bubbles around like one of those like the the guys or girls in the infomercials were like, can I can I use this hammer to punch a hole in the wall? <laughs> well, that's how he he loses his glasses. He bends over to to gracefully pick up a book, and somehow just. Have you ever bent down to pick, pick up, up a, a book? book and just smashed your head into a clock? Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Henry Bemis smashes his glasses and he exclaims the famous words It's not fair. There was time. There was now. time enough at last. <laughs> All the time All in the, the world. All the time in the world. Oh. Oh, Mr. Bemis. Classic, classic irony. If only you would have kept that gun that you found earlier in the episode. <laughs> He'll never find it again. Never find it again because he has terrible eyesight. <laughs> uh, that that that's a, that's a summary, and you know it's it's such an iconic episode, right? Like, absolutely. I think that's probably if if you have watched the Twilight Zone at all in any in any form, even if you've just seen a handful of episodes, most likely you've seen you've seen that one. Yeah. That is probably one of the top ten episodes I would say of the entire series. That's exactly right, and and you know I I wonder what is and maybe you can answer this for me. I'm going to pose the question: like, what about this episode is so iconic? Like, what what makes it stick with you? I think more along the lines that w- this is something that, especially during that time, even now today, like let's say we had a nuclear war, like this is something just, you could actually see. Ha- like, let's just what say, if this actually happened? Let's not actually make it, what, but let's just you know, say it. Let's say let's say it. <laughs> if if the world went into a nuclear holocaust and you're the last person alive, but you you have glasses, you forgot to get LASIK or PRK before the <laughs> before all of this happened. All right. You you finally find a library, the only thing you want in the world, and then you break your glasses, and now the only thing that brings you any joy 
you can no longer do. Like it is, <laughs> it is a sad episode. It really is. Like yeah. that's one of the few episodes where, as it ended, I'm just like, man, this is messed up. Like this is messed up. Like I really feel for that guy. Like I don't feel bad for you know the horror mo- graphic horror movies where <laughs> pregnant women and children are running around <laughs> getting murdered. But I feel bad for this guy that he yeah. <laughs> broke his glasses and he's the only person alive. Do, do Do you think it's because it's so sadistic? I, I, well, I'll say sadistic, but no, like, I think for the time that, yeah, 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 for the time that would definitely be considered sadistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, so I, I have a book that talks about a lot about Twilight Zone episodes, right? Right. And, uh, in that book, they have like letters and, and they reference letters and notes sent to Rod Serling from like fans and stuff like that. And one lady actually said like, you know, I love the episode. It was, it was well-written, well-acted, but it was so cruel at the end of it. <laughs> Like, why are you being so cruel? And Rod Serling came back and he said, we're trying to go for kind of a, a, a literary irony, uh, but I can understand how it could turn out to be right. sadistic. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it feels that way, doesn't it? Like, it, just, it like, even even still now, like you watch the episode and you're just like, ah, man, poor, poor Henry. I know that <laughs> that episode was made six years ago, but I still feel bad for him. Even He yeah. would have been dead by now. I, but. I I mean, if you think about it, like your glasses, Patrick wears glasses. My my glasses and my glasses. Brandon wears Brandon, glasses. Brandon Cruz's glasses. <laughs> like at this point in time, we wear glasses that that don't easily shatter. Yeah. Like uh, a couple of years back, we're getting off topic here a little bit, but a couple of years back, I was playing soccer, <laughs> and I headed the ball with my glasses on. Uh, that's how you. That's how you're supposed to have the ball. By the way, for those that don't play soccer, that's how you properly hit a ball. You're supposed to wear glasses. Yeah, you use the the crest of your nose to head the <laughs> soccer ball. You're right. This is a Twilight Zone podcast, not a World Cup <laughs> podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, so the ball hit me on the crown of my nose, and it like it broke my glasses. And for a long time, one of my lenses it didn't break, but the the frames broke, and so. Every once in a while, my lens would just fall out, and I'd have to pick it up and put it back. Um, At least it wasn't like a glass eye that would just pop out, and you'd have <laughs> like a Peter Falk in the middle of a bar, like you're at a strip club, and the guy next to you's eye pops out. What the? What? This is this oh. is clearly a <laughs> this is clearly a classy establishment. I, I went to a uh, Yellow Card concert. <laughs> oh no, not Yellow Card. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a story Molly. for a different. <laughs> I went to a Flogging Molly concert with those broken frames. Uh, it was, I was in the mosh pit, and I lost my lens. And my buddy, at, after the show... Thankfully, I, the people in the audience were so nice and friendly. They, I'm, No, seriously. Somebody stepped on my lens and was like, hey, is this your lens? I was like... Do and it. then they proceeded to hit you with a chair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this... And I'm dead. And now, you know, this is a podcast from the afterlife. Anyway... From the Twilight Zone. From the Twilight Zone. Uh, all right. <laughs> back back on track. Okay. Back so on track. so I got I got sidetracked. Let's get let's get back into it. Um, yeah. So okay. So it's so so it's sadistic. But can you can you see any kind of like higher point to the episode? Like, is there anything that you can see? Like, like okay. Well, it's it's not necessarily just a sadism type thing. Right. Um. That's. For me, like I think back then, like Rod Sterling, I think he he was so far ahead of his time. I think that he he was on that level. Like he looked at it from an out, outside perspective, but everybody else, you know, in 1959, they're not looking at this like what 
what could the meaning behind this episode be? They're like, this sadistic SOB. What, like, a, what an asshole. <laughs> what, what an asshole. <laughs> Taking the only thing this man loves away. And really, th- I think that like that's just how it was. Like I think like in architecture, Frank Lloyd Wright, that guy was so far ahead of his time. Like 100 years later, we look at his stuff like that's brilliant. Yeah. That's how we look at the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Like 60 years later, we're like, this is some of the best sci-fi ever written yeah right that, exactly that's what rod starring does that's why he's so so damn good that's why the show is so wonderful yeah <laughs> well like so so like in the the closing comments right he says um just a part of a smash landscape just a piece of the rubble just a fragment of what man has deeded himself you know and and bemis exclaims multiple times it's not fair right yeah and it, so it i'm i'm creating a link here between like do it all right they they drop the bomb he's part of this world he's part of this world even though he doesn't want to be in it you know he's he's in his fantasy land um and still yet you know he he thinks he he thinks he's escaped this stuff right everything exploded he finds a couch in the <laughs> open to sleep on doesn't care about the elements doesn't care about it. he doesn't you know he finds food but he doesn't care about any of this stuff right but he cares about his books all right and, and um i go a little bit uh, different direction with the glasses right his glasses are, are prevalent through the entire episode they are uh much many props to merge uh burgess <laughs> meredith for, for wearing those things they were legitimately magnifying glasses <laughs> like if you had to just put two magnifying glasses over your eyes and act for an <laughs> entire episode of the twilight zone right and then, and then and then take breaks and and burn and ants, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and you know so they they focus on these glasses for a, a large part of the episode, and like it's almost representative of like his fantasy, right? Like those glasses, yeah. the books, those are his fantasy. And as soon as as soon as he infomercials his glasses, like that's that's when the reality truly hits him i think because throughout the whole episode i mean he he really does just live in his own fantasy world regardless of who's talking to him what what he's trying to do yeah he he's never really there right he's never really part of any conversation that's being held throughout the entire episode mm-hmm. until he lives in a world by himself and he yeah. finally like, like you said you know he his fantasy comes comes to life he the only thing he has in his life is books and yeah. then he he's he's blissfully ignorant all the way up to that point. Yes. He's like, you know what? I just I just need Keating. I need uh, E. Cummings. I just need all these. I I, I need David Copper- I mean, David, Copperfield. David Copperfield, both the magician and the author. He's so great. He made the Statue of Liberty disappear. <laughs> um, you know, and and until he breaks his glasses, he's not living in the real world. You know. So I, I think I think that's an, an interesting thing. I think what he was most upset about once once his fantasy ended was that he was just married to that wretched woman <laughs> Helen. Is that her name? Helen? Yeah. Just the, I, I would like to know how they actually met. If if you watch the episode, <laughs> you watch the episode and watch their interactions. Like she she takes a significant chunk of her time I th- to x out every single page. I think they of were into some book. like german dungeon porn kind of stuff i mean realistically like she yeah. had to just walk in, in full leather all the time is it's, it's a precursor to like world of warcraft right right, <laughs> right. uh and and you know full disclosure i i played extensively in my in my day i'll I take your word for it <laughs> he's wearing a gizmo shirt as we speak yeah <laughs> Wee. 
Um, oh, <laughs> what else did I have to say about that? Um, oh, so, all right. Well, la- last thing I want, I want to say about the, the, the episode is, um, so he wanders the wasteland for a little bit. And I say wasteland uh, ex- specifically because you and I, we both played a Fallout in the you know last couple weeks. Extensively. Right? extensively extensively uh and there's that there's that whole post-apocalyptic kind of landscape going on right um mad max uh last man on earth yeah um, yep. you know all, all that type of stuff you know you you think um maybe that the 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 references is stretched a little bit but what do you think i already mentioned like simpsons and, and futurama what do you think the the pop culture did they did they get stuff from this you know like just the whole like everything's destroyed nuclear bomb goes off like do you see that in in pop culture today still oh absolutely i think even with things like the walking dead you know this extremely popular series that is now branched off into god only knows what it will lead into like (laughs) based off the comic originally let's start there but yeah um you know really prior to the twilight zone i mean there wasn't really anything other than like there was books you know talking about what would happen if in post-apocalyptic world, stuff like that. But there's never really a, a series that kind of brought that to life. Right. Like what would, what would this kind of world look like? What would it, what would it be? What would be involved in that kind of world? Sure. Cause I mean, this was 1959. I mean, <laughs> you know, how many shows prior to that would be like, Oh, let's, let's take a look at what would happen if the world ended and you were the <laughs> last person alive. Yeah. So I, I really think that, uh, not necessarily based off that Rod Sterling's work alone, but I think he was really one of the godfathers of, Hey, let's bring to life this, you know, eerily, this creepy third world where nothing, nothing really exists other than yourself. How, right. how do we, how do we go about bringing that to life? How do we go about putting that on the big screen for everybody to witness? Sure. Sure. So. Yeah. And, 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 you know, uh, movies and, and some media, you know, I think that that era that, you know, the, the mid fifties, uh, forties and stuff like that, I, I think that was probably instrumental in, in kind of shaping how we, view a post-apocalyptic type yeah. type style you know it, it was it was in writing but actually putting it on the screen in front of us yeah, put it being able to widely you know, available the having the masses witness that yeah yeah i mean it was you know obviously post post world war Two, but still like you know not, that stuff wasn't aired in in theaters or on your television screens you weren't able to see that right. firsthand how how that kind of <laughs> that would look unless unless you saw unless you alice in wonderland unless you saw alice in wonderland <laughs> that's edwin a, that's a that's a stretch that's a call back to our last episode <laughs> um all right uh, all right pat so final thoughts what do you think of the episode rating uh i would say rate, rate, probably rate eight eight and a half probably eight and a half this is i think definitely one one of those episodes that honestly if you watch it if if years down the line people ask you about the twilight zone one of the few episodes you will remember is this episode because even today when you watch it you just think son of a bitch what what if that actually happened to me like that would be so terrible that would be hands on the worst thing that could ever happen yeah and just the, throughout the whole episode, you know, he, he finds the gun. He's considering con- contemplating suicide. Mm-hmm. And then he finds the library. So he, he leaves the gun. He's happy. Life is well. And then he breaks his glasses and <laughs> doesn't even have the gun anymore. You got you to gotta feel for the guy. Like, what yeah. would you, you couldn't even, you're, you're so blind, you can't even walk around to find a gun. You literally just stumble around aimlessly until you die. 
So, so I think the moral of the story, and Twilight Zone is full of morals, is... Always keep the gun. Always keep the gun. That's like Fallout. Just carry your weapons. All of them. <laughs> just sell them. Uh, guns, bottle caps. Guns, bottle caps. Everything you can think of. Uh, heating, heat, hot, hot plates. <laughs> hot, hot plates. plates. Uh, uh, bowling pins. Bowl. <laughs> you, you're going to need them eventually. You're going to need them. To rebuild the world. Yeah. So, no, right. uh, definitely one of my favorite episodes. Definitely probably... I would say probably top five, top three for me. This is this is up there. This is one of those ones that regardless of how many episodes you've seen, how often you watch it, you'll remember it. Yeah. You will remember it. It's a great, great episode. Incredible writing. Again, Rod Sterling. Cheers. Cheers to you, my friend. Cheers. Clink. Uh, rest in peace. Clink. This this goes to this our... Is... <laughs> That's for you, <laughs> That's Rod. That's for you, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you again, Patrick. Hey, thank, thank you for having me. You're this stellar. Incredible. Love You're... it. <laughs> um... And, and Patrick, he's he's my buddy. We we work together. Yep. There's you, you don't have any best friends forever. You're my best friend <laughs> that I've ever had. I, I'm not Freddie We're Mercury. Not. Yeah, it's okay. Um, all right, guys. Well, that that's our show for today. Um, thank you so much for listening. There's a few ways to get a hold of us, of course. Let them know. Uh, there's there's Twitter, as you know. As you know, Patrick. I, I now know. I now know. Yeah. S4YA. S4YA. At S4YA underscore podcast. Uh, you can also hit us up on Gmail at S4YA podcast at gmail.com. Facebook. That's coming. It's, uh, it's Instagram. Coming, coming soon. Coming it's soon. Instagram. Coming soon. I'm sure that's around somewhere. It's coming. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and hit us up on of course, iTunes and Stitcher, anywhere podcasts are distributed. There it is. Uh, again, thank you so much, Patrick. As always, you are wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate it. And please tune in next week when we talk about our next episode. Thank you all for listening. Toodaloo. Toodaloo.